Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nomenclature. This is Brandon Henderson. I'm excited you're here. My guest today is Kyle Kinane. Kyle chose the word discombobulated to discuss. Kyle has been all over the place. If you are unfamiliar with him, he has uh, five comedy albums out. He has been on everything from Jimmy Fallon to Conan to Last Call with Carson Daly, man. He uh, has been on Comedy Bang Bang. He has uh, been on Drunk History, which was one of the greatest shows of all time. He has been on uh, Judd Apatow's Netflix series, Love. He has been everywhere. And he uh, was uh, really cool to, to come on and take some time to discuss this word and just kind of shoot the shit. And uh, it was a genuine pleasure. I hope you enjoy this episode of uh, Nomenclature with my very special guest, Kyle Kinane. Kinane coming from a very old, like 10th century uh, Gaelic Irish uh, family name, which makes him uh, wise beyond his years. Uh, again, I hope you enjoy this episode of Nomenclature with my very special guest, Kyle Kinane. coming on the show i appreciate taking the time sure. um i have a really serious questioning to ask you right away and i normally never do this i, I try not to talk about anything to do with anything uh, other than a word and just random things but um i will do a little bit of you know research of course and i i dove into the old wikipedia page um when was the last time you you crocheted something oh man i've been kind of busy so you know, I can't really, uh, you know, some hobbies, uh, unfortunately fall by the wayside. Yeah. But I, uh, that, that just because I'm not currently crocheting doesn't mean you shouldn't believe Wikipedia. Okay. That's, I needed to confirm. I'm also, you know, you're around, you're like my, my brother's age. And, uh, I, I was curious if there was like something about that generation where like crocheting was a big deal. Cause he, he got crazy into crocheting like socks and like little door handles uh so for i don't know why he would he would crochet little knobs on the doors which made it it was like childproof made it difficult to open anything yeah yeah and uh you know just general other kinds of things and designs all the time was that like a big thing or was this where did this come from i think maybe it's a you know it's a if you're a middle-aged creative type and all of a sudden you realize you can't do anything for yourself it's a a sense of self-reliance that you're trying to establish yeah you know maybe uh you know okay you, you could start a campfire but then you're naked next to a campfire you know, <laughs> what are you gonna you need something to wear so yeah I so you just it's, it's an entry-level skill set uh that does in a in a very long distance way of thinking is survivalist i i i would agree with that i mean i'm a little confused as to where you were keeping the uh the needles and the thread if you were naked next to the fire but details that don't matter you can also use those to catch food i would guess make a trap stab something yeah i mean you 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 killed some animals you're wearing the pelts <laughs> but eventually you're like these are getting a little stinky yeah you want something a little softer just because you're a man doesn't mean you don't like soft things absolutely you're sleeping in the dirt you want something you know you're constantly in contact with rough coarse surfaces treat yourself yeah, yeah. fabric you know <laughs> 
yeah, men deserve comfort. We deserve Absolutely. soft, uh, lovely things. Absolutely. Um, I put on some nice socks just before this. Hey, I, I took off socks. I, I, if I don't have to wear socks, I will not wear socks. Oh. I also have very messed up toes. And so uh, this was... Him, yeah, let them let fly. I got to let them out. You know, like I, I broke all the toes in one of my, uh, on my left foot at one point. And so they're all very... Just the toes. Yeah. And the foot. Yeah, and they're like um, they're like the one Tetris shape that's like a like an L but upside down and backwards kind of thing. Like it goes up oh, and then straight left. They're all kind of looking in one direction, like a new wave album cover. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like a new um, wave album. Yeah, what are they looking at? Uh, nobody knows. Something to the left. There's something very, very fascinating. The photographer is like snapping his or her fingers like here, and they're like, no, there's something really important going on how did you break all your toes but not your foot um i'm sure that there was probably something else uh, that happened with the foot but you know i grew up in the middle of nowhere and um uh, you know it was one of those things where it's like well they can't do anything for toes so just <laughs> deal with it but no my my grandpa had a farm uh I went out to the farm and uh, had 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 a heavy thing dropped on my foot oh uh, okay that makes sense yeah. Um, are you a, are you a handy fellow? Like, do you make like outside of the crochet? I asked this also because, you know, my brother makes the crochet. I'm not, you know, basically I want you to be my, my brother now we're for family, but he's, um, he's a crochet, but guy, but he's, he's very good at making physical stuff. His brain has always worked that way. He can fix cars. He can build like a house. No one's ever told him how to do it. He can, he, he was the kid when he was like two, you know, finding a butter knife and taking apart electronic things and almost electrocuting himself. But is that a is that a way your mind works? No, not at all. I ruin things. I touch. <laughs> I have. I think I should early on. I always like. I like drawing and was like a halfway decent artist as a kid. But once I got to watercolor, yeah. Like watercolor and I would say math are the two reasons that like were very indicative of why I am not a technical type of person because there's that you have to do things in order in order for it to work, and I'm not good at that at all. <clears throat> watercolor, you have to paint one thing and let it dry before you paint something next to it. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't, I want this to be done. I'm excited about painting, and then it would just all blend together. I just have brown paintings. Yeah. Then math was like, well, in order to get the correct result, you have to do this, then this, then this. And I'm like, well, this last part seems like it makes more sense to me right now. So I'm going to try that. But then that screws up the first part. That's why I don't cook very well, because I keep thinking I can just skip steps. I don't know <laughs> if that's uh, an attention deficit, whatever that would be diagnosed as now. Yeah. Uh, it's what I had. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to do, I want to do this thing first because I like it. I'm yeah. good at uh, menial tasks, cleaning the house because I can like wipe down a sink in the bathroom, but then go do some dishes and then come back and scrub the bathtub and then vacuum half a room. And I will yeah. get the whole house done just in an order that doesn't make sense to anybody else except for myself. Single step activities. Yeah. I, I just, my, the order in my head makes sense. I don't need it to make sense to anybody else. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I, I was similar like with math. It, I, the thing with math for me is, I, I could never wrap my head around the idea that there was one answer. It bothered me or, or one way of even doing it. I mean, I know obviously it makes sense 
that there should be just one plus one equals two and that's all that there is but the like methodology for more complicated math that it was just a plus b equals c and that's always how you do it um i was like there's got to be a more creative way Um, i had a joke i had a joke that i was doing when i back when i was still doing comedy before the whole thing and uh yeah it was about how like the day you're taught math is the day your imagination starts to die yeah because there's no like up to that point you're like anything's whatever you want it to be because you're a kid and have fun and then you're like yeah one plus one is two like what if it's purple it'll never be purple it'll only be two i'm like well and this is what i need for taxes and the rest of my life this sucks math math is every child's preparation for when their parents get divorced it's like maybe they'll get back together no this is the way it is now tommy and it's the only way it will be how are you going to teach somebody math when it's like we have computers right we already had calculators but now it's your phone it's your wallet like the robots (laughs) know math and i will trust them with that anything else i don't like the robots but Matt, this yeah, figure out the tip for this meal. Thank you. This so this, this is the current challenge that I I'm facing right now because I couldn't agree more. Um, like, why does any child outside of somebody that's going to go and do some sort of insane PhD in math and try to you know mm-hmm. build rocket fuel? I don't know what the hell they do with that kind of math. Uh, unless you're going to do that, why why do you need it? And I but at the same time, I have one teenager in particular that really is in the uh, this is useless sort of phase every day when he comes home yeah. from school. And in my head, I'm like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> but out loud, I've got to be like, Mo, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's times. And he'll, you know, push back and be like, what times? I'm like, hmm, you'll know when you get old enough, when you'll need to use a quadratic oh, equation. Pulling, pulling that one out. When you're old enough. <laughs> That's when, right. When's... Can you think of a time where your son or daughter, you said? Uh, son. Or not to be, you know, it doesn't matter. No. But but came at you like and like said something where you're like, yeah, you're pretty much dead on about the high school experience. And like didn't have an answer, didn't have a parental <laughs> answer to guide them. Oh, man, that like constantly. It happens yeah. all the time. I think, honestly, it's more like with uh, interactions um, with other kids you know, I feel like when I was a kid, like someone would be a dick and I would say to, mm-hmm. um, you know, my parents or whatever, I'd be like, that person was mean. Uh, and they would be like, well, you know, you don't know what's going on in their lives, which is the nice thing and probably the right thing to say. Yeah. But he'll come and say things like that. And I'll be like, well, that kid's just an asshole. You should maybe not hang out with that kid. But it happens all the time. I mean, 99% of everything I they're probably right about it. he's a smart kid they're all smart kids i've got a trillion children but you do a podcast about single words i'm assuming you put out some pretty intellectual offspring well you know two of them <laughs> to, well i spent all my time doing this they they're almost nonverbal. you know i don't talk to them they i'm in here all the time um but you know two two of my kids there's our stepkids and then the other three are uh you know biological kids and we put them together and we have five um which, um, you know, again, I love them and would never change it, but at the same time would never do again. <laughs> I mean, I can only, I can only imagine the place of being like, like trying to explain per, not the definition of perspective, but what you have as perspective to someone younger 
And that whole like, yeah, you won't realize this till you get older is such a frustrating thing to hear. And I'm sure a frustrating thing to say. Yeah. As an expert, because I remember being you're like, you're not going to get this till you're old, like getting tattoos. And my parents like, you're going to change your mind. I'm like, no, this is going to be cool forever. I'm like, May as well just written Lollapalooza 94 on my forehead with my stupid tattoos. See, this is this is why I waited till my 30s to get my first tattoo. And now I can't stop. Um, yeah. But I'm sure when I'm 55 or 65, I'm gonna be like, "What the hell? Why did I get that fucking maple leaf tattoo on my yeah. arm or whatever?" But then you get to think about like how your 30s were you being a dumb kid in your 30s? Like that's all right. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And I, you know, I, I, that's the kind of the way I I look at it is there's a uh, there's a history to it in a way, specifically with tattoos. You know, it's sort of like, well, that's where I was then. You know, that's where my head was at, where I was willing to let someone grind a needle into my arm for four hours uh, <laughs> yeah yeah how many uh how many of the tats you got going on um, past the point of the counting where they're just kind of <laughs> clumped together in areas yeah <laughs> they're like they've, they've gathered on the left leg and the upper right arm and the forearms and... yeah i uh yeah i don't know my all my stuff is all um i don't know what it is it's all over the it's all black lots of black lots of solid black lots of bleeding all that stuff. Um, but it is funny with called nomenclature, all black tattoos. I, I got you. Let's see what yeah. You're, you're picking it up. You, you got, <laughs> you, you're understanding where I'm at. Five children. You know, I'm real hip. Um, Listens to tool. Uh, I do love tool. <laughs> see, all right. Okay. I was getting there. I do. I was like, who told did you? Um, yeah, I did. I do love, I just, uh, I did another episode last night with somebody else and, well, we got into music and, and, uh, he was like, uh, I love Eve six and, um, third eye blind a sentence. I've never heard before. <laughs> I, know. Oh, I, I love Eve six. <laughs> yeah. Um, which uh, we were talking about how their, their Twitter account is actually pretty damn hilarious. You should, you should jump on it. But, um, it, it, it frustratingly is, but, uh, I, <laughs> it's like one of those things where like a stupid meme comes across, uh, the yeah. computer and I'm like, uh, God damn it! This is funnier than anything I've ever thought yeah. um, in my entire life. Six gets it. <laughs> Eve six understands. Um, but yeah, no, I I love I love Tool. There was the uh, album um, where it has like a like the three D thing uh, where you could like flip the album around. Like the front of the cover had like a three D sort of like bumpy thing on the front, and you could put different parts of the album sleeve in the front, and then it would do different actions. And okay. they had some of like the creepiest uh, actions, in, including like the lead singer uh, f uh, filleting himself. And uh, oh. it's always a strange thing when I like the think Ouro back. <laughs> it's a strange thing to think back that like I was, I don't know how old I was when the album came out, 14 or something. Um, that I know that, you know, my kids are listening to or exposed to stuff just like that or much, much worse. And uh, there's not really much you can do about it. I wonder, I, I wonder if like we've seen so much shock through art and culture that I hate to say the kids these days, like something that's trying to be inherently shocking doesn't hold a lot of water. So like, yeah, oh, big deal. We've got the internet. Just, like, we, I mean, I'm 44, so I, you get like a Faces of Death VHS tape and look at it and have, like feel the need to go to confession because of what you saw. Right. And like it was this forbidden artifact of a 
<laughs> faces a death tape and now it's just on the internet and now kids are like yeah i know the internet's filled with horrible things i've grown up with it and i don't want to see those so nothing like that kind of stuff maybe isn't shocking i have no idea speaking as a <laughs> childless middle-aged man just uh theorizing on what it might be like to be a, a young person today yeah i you know i think that there's like an age uh there is like a, an incredible amount of desensitization for sure i feel like it's like i've see, i feel like as a kid i saw all the things my kids see i just yeah. the the difference is i saw one thing you know what i mean like I saw a Playboy magazine that I found uh, in some woods that had been rained on for weeks. Oh, yeah. And so I, I right, you, you saw the same one, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. um, and so like I saw, you know, quote unquote pornography, um, but like that was kind of it. And then, whereas now like they're seeing this, they're seeing it, but they're also seeing in so much excess but then there's there is the amped up level of like i was like oh man you can uh see that girl's boobs and that was crazy whereas now it's like i mean the shit that that they see is just bananas yeah. and i'm not sure we know you know what the long-term cause and effect of that is you know i don't think any of my kids are terrible people are going to do weird crazy things but i don't know yeah, I, I guess I guess I didn't think about that. When somebody told me that, like for a multitude of reasons, but like the birth rates in Japan are, are plummeting. Yeah, some of it's because of anime porn because they can't get horny for living human beings anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm gonna say that's fucked up. I'm gonna say that's. Uh, <laughs> we gotta, we need to try steering society in a different way. If that's, yeah. Guys are sleeping with full-length body pillows and getting horny for cartoons. I'm like, ah, let's, let's change course, guys. Well, that's that's what's so so crazy is like I feel like you know, particularly I mean, the decades past. I mean, the past 50, 60 years, a lot of these you know generations have been pushing for freedom of thought, freedom of speech, mm -hmm. you know, freedom of expression, and uh, and it's like we've we've got a lot of that now. And there may be some corners where I'm like, mm, let's get a little fascist in some corners. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's bad to say, but uh, there are some weird. There's weird stuff out there. As a parent, it it, it does keep me up at night sometimes. If, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I think we're there's a whole uh, the the ethics behind uh, pushing technology forward. How do you have like an ethics board? How do you have like culture right. saying this is okay, but this isn't? Well, my, my thing with, with like kids is, is it's like, hey, it's not that I think, you know, looking at porn is bad. I don't. Um, it's more, you got to be ready to see certain things. It's, it's, it's the same sort of idea of like, you know, doing surgery is great if you're a doctor. You know, if you have the training to go and cut someone open and, you know, give them a heart transplant, you should do it. Um, but just because you could try without any expertise doesn't mean you should do it because you're probably going to kill that person. This is a similar sort of thing. There's there's some aggressive uh, octopus anime yeah. porn out there. Maybe build up to it. You know, if that's if you want to well, get there I, or don't normalize it. But then that goes to like, well, video games don't cause violence. I know I'm just playing a game where I'm a soldier and I'm shooting people, but that doesn't make me want to go out in the world and do that. Right. So maybe that same theory applies to the weirdo porn. I just, 
I think I, I can see the difference between entertainment and what's shaping a horny sixth grader's mind. I mean, at least when you found a one playboy in the woods, you're like, that's her name's Sarah. And <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fantasize about the things she likes and doesn't like also that have been listed on the back of the centerfold. And I'm gonna that is a lost like art. Hang out with Sarah. Yeah, you had to like, you created a whole world. <laughs> I forgot the, about that. The handful of ladies you saw in one magazine were now yeah. next, next, next. And then in the real world with Tinder, just next, next, next. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I forgot. Yeah, you got to know, you know, fatigue. Cheryl loves, uh, you know, beet salad. And yeah, she's oh, yeah. from uh, sh the Chicago area. Yeah. And her oh, father yeah, was sure. a dentist. I start eating more beets. <laughs> yeah. Beet salad for lunch today. I got to be interesting to share. Level. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that stuff. That's uh, that's pretty funny. They should do that. That, it, it, that would make me feel better that the requirement in order to unlock any kind of porn is that you got to get to know, like even just like a Tinder profile level of knowledge about whoever it is you're about to see get, you know, railed by 14 dudes yeah. with masks get, on. List, yeah. Yeah. Cle answer this survey of what are five human characteristics of this person you're about to see. Yeah. Take, take on this uh, feat of strength. I, uh, I do like that. Uh, speaking of music, I do have to ask this. Um, what if you were forced gun to head, like top three to five bands. This will help me understand. Mm. I, I used to do this, I used to teach university in the beginning of every uh, semester. I would always ask my students mm -hmm. to, to give me a list so I could judge them. Oh yeah, that's how you, that's a good judge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say, uh, you know, picking something from childhood that kind of shaped uh, my interest in music, it's, Self, I'd say like Guns N' Roses as a little kid listening to nice slash play guitar and just like oh that's what you could do with a guitar and I thought I was gonna do that and I got a guitar and quickly realized <laughs> that so much uh going back to the math conversation so much of that is mathematics and there's uh studying and technique that goes yeah. into being able to play like that you don't realize all these big haired like I mean I talking like late 80s when i was like really still like mtv and hair metal was still a thing and thing like oh look at these guys with big hair and women are flashing their boobs and they're just partying and then you read about the musicians in the band especially the guitar players like oh no they went and studied classical guitar from age five up until 18 and yeah <laughs> much actual like like death metal and stuff and those guitar players are all classically trained studied musicians yeah Oh yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I'm never gonna do that." Why did you I play this guitar? I'm never gonna be that. You could be in the Pixies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, then it was. Then when I was 16, a friend took me to see a band called Screeching Weasel. Oh yeah. Which was like you know a Ramones derivative Chicago-based band, but that once I saw that band, I'm like, wait, I bought a CD that had 30 some songs on it because that's short and fast yeah and i figured out how to play them not to say that they were easy but they were in my wheelhouse and i was like oh wait i can play i can play guitar this gave me like a hope that oh you can reinterpret this instrument in on a different level like yeah it's just a tool this is just a tool it's not only made to make the sounds that slash makes 
and uh so i'd say like screeching weasel is the second band i I love that i i I mean it's like you can you can build a cathedral with a hammer or you can build a birdhouse and both are useful you know same tool same instrument but you know what do you want to build and and also i mean sonically screeching weasel i'm like oh this is fast and it's silly because at the same time that's when nirvana came out and I yeah everybody's like oh man nirvana's the greatest and i was like ah the shit's really bumming me out because <laughs> i'm like 16 and i'm not sad like i'm i think high school is pretty stupid but i'm having a great time because i was aware that youth is temporary so i'm like i better have the most fun yeah that i can have and i'm still locked into that on part thanks to lyrics by bands like screeching weasel and everything where it's like yeah life's bullshit school's a joke you know make your own world you make your own rules try not to be a dick but you can create your own reality and what you want to go for in this life so that whole scene was very important to me that led me to doing comedy yeah you know of like yeah like this whole nine to five concept of working like uh, that was going back to mathematics that was bad math you want me to do math all right you want me to work 40 hours a week that's a third of my life then you want me to sleep another third of my life and then the remaining third i have to divide up between eating and the bathroom and a commute and whatever homework or whatever else like this is shit math as far as existence goes what i'm left over with it's just like doing your taxes like how much out of my paycheck you're gonna take this is what i have left like yeah, that's shitty math. I'm going to put all my effort into trying to reconfigure that math for my life of what my efforts, my output versus input would be. Well, it, pleasure, work, money, anything. Well, and I think that's the thing too, is like that's in the same way that you're a 14 year old and you're in high school or junior high or whatever, and they're telling you that you need this math. It's, it's, it's sort of like you're told your whole life, like you say. You got a nine to five it. You got to do the thing. You grow up, you have kids, you get the white picket fence, blah, 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 blah. Um, That's such a massively narrow uh, view of what the possibilities may or may not be. Um, And that's a bummer in and of itself that so many people, you know, sadly succumb to stuff that they probably wouldn't normally have done had they known there was an option. It's like my ex-wife has uh, like a bunch of successful brothers um, in the sort of traditional sense where like one of them went to Harvard, one of them went to Wharton, all this sort of stuff. And they're all fancy schmanch uh, uh, douchebags. Um, <laughs> but uh, I didn't even know, I, I literally didn't know what Harvard was until I was like 19 or 20. I, did, I didn't know what it was, let alone that I could go if I, I would have never gone, clearly. But, you know, I had no idea that the possibility even existed. And I think there's a lot of people that are in that space. Yeah. Well, I just think that the, the acceleration between graduating high school and being like, man, remember how high school was like fun and you met friends and you're like experiencing so much of the world for the first time you got, here's you two years ago, you got a driver's license and now you graduate and it's like, Hey, uh, do you like uncertainty <laughs> about your future, but also crippling death? Cause it's all yours once yeah. summer's over. And I was like, yeah, this is wildly incorrect. And the fact that we all went and saw bands every weekend and enjoyed movies and liked comedy. And then everybody, like, well, I say for like some friends were like, yeah, let's try bands or like tried to reconfigure their idea, like their interest in art into 
becoming graphic designers because that was applicable and how quickly everybody was just trying to reconfigure in a, a career and i'm like yeah I, how do you know this how it, do you know you're 18 how do you know this is what you're gonna do let alone know enough to be like all right how much for at, at that time maybe i'd say maybe 10 grand for a year of college how do you know that you want to spend 10 grand now you're 18 you want to spend 10 yep. grand well it's too fast you don't know the, the short answer is you don't know at best you're just shooting in the dark you know it's like i i, I was raised uh mormon my whole life and uh i'm clearly not uh a practicing person anymore but for many uh the majority of my life i, I was in it you're doing all right that's right buddy <laughs> <laughs> i there's there's aspects i haven't completely ran <laughs> ran away from um i'm still very very white and generally quite a nice person so hey. it's in there um but like raised that way my whole life. And then I was like, so you go on like a mission uh, for the Mormon church when you're a 19 year old boy, uh, when I was growing up now it's 18, which is even crazier. And people are going to Taiwan and they're going to Russia and they're going to Australia and they're going all over the world. Um, I had a uh, terrible grade. So they sent me to Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know Tell you're. Where? Tell me you were in like. <laughs> Tell me you're just like a town over where that's your mission. No, I. You still I, saw people you knew. <laughs> I I know people that have like done almost that where like they like I grew up in Alberta in Canada so I know people who their mission was in the province like they were still oh, in right. the same province which is such a bummer man. They'll drive home at the end of the night. <laughs> Truly, they're like, oh, you know, Aunt Aunt Carol's here. Um, but yeah, Tallahassee. Oh my God. No offense to Tallahassee, but, um, and I, I, you know, I don't mean to be rude to anywhere in particular, but man, There's that place Mormon, fucking sucks. There's the Mormon side. No offense to Tallahassee, <laughs> please go yeah, for but it. It's, uh, it needs to drop off into the ocean. It's a terrible, terrible place. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is like, you know, I went when I was 19 and, you know, a, a year earlier I was driving around town uh, slingshotting condoms at, at old people walking down the street, you know, with my, you know, from a car window and were thinking it was hilarious. Like I was not emotionally prepared or mentally prepared to suddenly be thrust into like what was essentially like a military esque, uh, like regimen on a daily basis. And it'd be go going and telling some like 55 year old dock worker in Mobile, Alabama, uh, who's, who's been working and has like five kids and they're all, he's paying child support on all of them. And he lives in yeah. some shanty and his you know, best friend got shot during desert storm. I am not qualified to go and tell that guy how to live his life and where he can find happiness and how he's going to you know, pull himself up <laughs> from his bootstraps. Not prepared, man. I, that's what I want. Like if, I guess like at some point you're going to have to have some adult things thrown at you. Sure. I mean, I think it's, I, I always thought it was a little odd to have uh, military recruiters. I don't know if they allow that in Canada, that people recruit for the military in your high school. Which is so crazy. I, I never saw it my whole life up there. It's a, a, such a crazy idea. It, yeah. They'd sit in there and it was, you know, people looked at that. That was an option. Like, Oh, you can't afford college. Well, yeah. just uh, join the military. And then, you know, we'll pay for it as far as your mental health. Ah, you're going to probably be on your own with some of that, but uh, you know, we'll throw you a few bucks for college, but yeah. I, like the European model or, or where kids 
after their primary school, they go on like a, a, a what do they call it? Gap year or something? Yeah. I think, yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to party, basically you're going to go party and pick up some STDs. But in the same time, you might experience other people and other cultures that would then inform your decision when you do come back to go to university of like, oh, you know what? I traveled. I kind of saw what the world was like a little bit. And now I'm going to choose what I might want to do with the rest of my life. Yes. Making a more informed decision. Um, That's the thing is like, there's so much of the, because there's, there's physical, uh, you know, sort of stagnation where, you know, people grow up in the same town. They never leave. They never see or meet re- really anyone very different from them. But then there's also, I think there's like, not to get too ridiculous about it, but like mental stagnation or emotional stagnation where people are never put out of their comfort zone uh, from an emotional perspective or a mental perspective where they're like beliefs are challenges or ideas are challenged in some way. Um and I think I just used a double plural, but anyway, you know what I'm saying? Well, I contentment was always, I always thought that is more of a much more damaging of a state of being than like being upset or like contentment, just like that's dry rot to me. Yeah. Like you're content at 25 and then all of a sudden you're 50 and you're like, Oh, I don't think I'm happy. It's like, yeah. Cause you've been, floating around contentment for the past 25 years right. without challenging or trying to do something else and you're like oh maybe i'm gonna get into tennis and then your knees burst into dust because you haven't <laughs> used them for decades so. well my, my thing is you don't know how young you are at 25 like you just have you you know how young 25 is when you're a good decade away from 25 like it takes that's where like the like one day you'll understand stuff sounds like a cop-out but man is it true in certain circumstances you know you just won't know until you're past it or in it or whatever yeah at 30 at 30 i'm like you like bikes you're buying a mountain bike this is your thing you'll be bad at it but this is your movement and exercise because i spent my late teens and 20s just drinking olympically yeah without thinking and then yeah it was just 10 years went by of just like wait what Oh, time's real. Remember yeah. Time? It's yeah. Real. So maybe have fun, but change up how you have fun. <laughs> Incorporate yeah, more... new aspects of fun into your life. That might Mortality. Make you live a little longer. Yeah. Mortality is a is a bitch, man. Like coming up against it, like you start having like, you know, friends that you've known in your life that die, or like mm-hmm. parents start to die. Like it's a, or like when you can see like over the fence to like being a senior citizen like i'm like 60s not old you know like my parents are in their 70s i'm like my grandparents when i was a kid and they were in their 60s my grandma died when she was like 68 that seemed 150 yeah you know but my parents are 70 in their 70s now and i'm like they're still young they got they got lots of time left well that's why i look at you know all my grandparents have passed but like when my grandmother was like 80 and still golfing i'm like Oh, that's actually fantastic. And I hope I get that gene. I don't know if I got the gene to enjoy golf. That seems like a, yeah. I mean, that's a mental hurdle to try and enjoy, but the the physicality of like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out. We're going to walk 18 at 80 years old. I'm like, good for you. Wow. I did not realize what a feat that would be. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. You think, you know, double your life and being on the golf course for 18 holes. 
I mean, mm-hmm. the, the idea of doing that today is daunting to me. I don't want to go yeah. walk 18 holes in stupid pants. Well, I've been in physical therapy on and off since August. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Well, just dumb shit like, oh, my, my ankle hurts on this leg. So I'm walking funny to compensate. So I screwed up the other leg. <laughs> it's like just like Jeez. this uh, Rube Goldberg of injuries. <laughs> like, <laughs> This thing bends this thing the wrong way, and you tweak this part, and now the egg cracks and makes an omelet type of thing. Dude, can I say maybe nothing uh, more in the in the in the world betrays your age than you saying Rube Goldberg? I overuse it. I love it. I, I overuse it for so many things, except it does make sense when I use I, I, I use it appropriately. I just really do shoehorn it into a lot of conversations. Yeah, no, it it's such a good. I love it so much. It makes me think of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, it, it was a perfect description for your, your um, broken body. I'm I'm actually in uh, my son's room, one of my son's rooms right now, and uh, I introduced him to uh, Rube Goldberg. Uh, the Rube Goldberg machine and got him one at, at Christmas. And we, it's this monstrous uh, like wall size thing that uh, I'm slowly putting together. That's, that's fantastic. But I, I love shit like that. It's one of my favorite things. But the, the board game mousetrap. If you... Mousetrap for sure. Yeah, younger kids would be into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about your word here sure. since since uh, that's where all about, I feel like this is a good segue with all the like, what do you do with your life type thing? Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump on it. So you chose discombobulate or discompop- discombobulated, which is a great word. Um, tell me why you you chose it. Well, we were. It's fun to say. First off, it sounds like a like boiling gravy. <laughs> like thick thick and bubbly and uh it was just me and the missus had gone down some like seinfeld-esque deconstruction of it the other night so we're saying discombobulated and then like well that's like an augmented version of the root word but what's the root is the root word like combobulate or recombobulate <laughs> and then we're just talking about like ah, i gotta recombobulate this whole thing over here like we get discombobulated we're already past that we gotta recombobulate it and we're just having a good time with it and that's that's why we just kind of this is all combobulated what do you mean no it's all put together the right way you know so i i love it and it is both uh the the idea of using combobulate is both massively wrong and massively <laughs> right at the same time <laughs> Well, my buddy Monty had a like a joke back in the day where he's like, everybody says nonchalant. Like, I wonder if everybody ever got chalant and screwed things up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, how'd the job interview go? Like, ah, I got all chalant in there. I'm not gonna get it. <laughs> I got a little too crazy. I got real chalant. Yeah. I uh, screwed it up. <laughs> I I love it. I love. That. I mean, the, it's one of the reasons why you did this thing because there's two things that I do. Uh, well, three things that I do on my own without anyone asking me to do them. One is uh, looking into stupid words just because I like, I don't know. I've always liked etymology and where words come from for some reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, Music, super obsessed with music, and then just comedy. And those things no one has to tell me to do. And they all sort of seem to bleed anyway. But um, I I love uh, sort of messing around with it. And I think comedians, maybe more better than anyone, 
really just drive and beat words to death and overthink words and overthink ideas clearly <laughs> to a, a psychotic level. Yeah. And so that's why uh, comedians are by far the best guests for this kind of conversation. But so discombobulate, let's get into it. So it's a like early to mid 19th century word. Okay. And it hasn't changed in its meaning all that much, but it, it is completely a made up word. Um, it's sort of like a, what it's meant to be is sort of like a, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like not emotional, but like a, uh, an onomatopoeia, but from an idea perspective, like not from, it doesn't sound like what it is in a literal sense, but in like the sort of um, how you might conceive of it mentally. Does that make sense at all? But if you saw like if, if if you saw like a bunch of machine parts scattered up around a garage floor, <laughs> and somebody's like, "That's discombobulated," it would yes. make sense to you. Oh, for sure. It sounds even if there's no contact, you're like discombobulated. You mean shit that's all over the place, and now you got to make sense of it? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd say that's yeah. It, feel, it feels right. On, conceptually, onomatopoeia. Yes, a conceptual onomatopoeia. There you go. And then uh, also simultaneously, it feels like if you had the machine parts, you're like, hey, hand me that discombobulator. That mm -hmm. may also make some sense. Um, but so essentially the basis for this was in the early to mid 1800s, it, there was like this fad among like educated high society type people mm -hmm. to make up like pretend words and uh, using like different Latin prefixes and suffixes and just sort of jamming things together and being like, it sounds like that. It sounds like this thing. My, my favorite being, for example, uh, is scrumplicate, uh, which means to eat. I'm going to go scrumplicate the hell out of that cake. It seems enjoyable. I get it. I get it. But eat with, uh, eat with fervor. Not eat with, with yeah. Scrumptious. Scrump scrumptious. Yeah. It's, it's verbing. It's making scrumptious, scrumptious a verb. I get it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so it, it's really just a made up thing. Um, so originally it was just uh, being confused, disoriented, but, or, or rather it's um, uh, it, now it means confused or disoriented, which I am currently, as you can tell, but originally it was more of being embarrassed, upset, or just sort of like generally thrown off. Um, but what's interesting too, is the discombobulate or the, the dis part, what would you think that to sort of, um, infer on Like if you had to guess, what would you think the dis part infers in connection with the rest of the word? Well, I'm, I'm going with like a dismantle or, or unassembling. Cause like, I was joking, like, like I was thinking like, yeah, was there a combobulate would be a assemble discombobulate would be unassembled that's what i'm thinking it's like a the the, the negative or opposite of the root yeah. word which right. we, i'm now learning there is not a root word <laughs> yeah but that's that's what you would assume right you would think like it's a um like a a negative of combobulate hence the i'm yeah. i'm i'm not combobulated i'm discombobulated i'm the opposite of whatever the hell combobulated is um and then there's also uh, the idea of, of die, which is, which is meant to like sort of like split something apart, 
So like a word like discern, discuss, dismiss, dissent, um, that's separating two sort of ideas or things. Um, But whereas in reality, literally nothing, It, it doesn't mean any of those things. It's just some rich socialite lady uh, that had a little bit too much sherry in the Upper West Side of New York in 1840 was like discombobulated and it caught on. Took the wrong elevator down from the penthouse. That's right. Wound up in the servants' court. So no, so no Latin root, nothing, no combobulate. I mean, nothing. No, I mean, there's it's Latin in the sense that like Latin prefixes and suffixes were used to sort of smash uh, a sound or create a sound. But it has no, it's not like, you know, based in the idea of confusion, right? Like combobulate or combob or something like that mm-hmm. is not, uh, there's no root anywhere at all. But if, so if it's a made up word, we could just start saying a recombobulate. And I, all these come out in my head sound like a Professor Frank from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Because that he sells whatever word that isn't real. But when he says it, now well, we've got to recalibrate the combobulate. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I know what he means. Yeah. Even though those words don't, aren't correct at all. Like, I get it. I get it. There, yeah. Frank. Well, and that's, that's the thing is that at the end of the day, uh, every word is made up. Somebody just started yeah. shoving sounds together and said that that's what this means, which is also why, um, you know, swear words don't bother me. You know, people. That's, yeah. To, to deem one to have more value, positive or negative than another. Yeah, it just it elicits an idea, you know, it can elicit the idea of an action. But in and of itself, I mean, it's a it's a sound. And also every word, you know, was created for some sort of purpose. Yeah, there are stupid words, for sure. But again, it's like uh, when I was uh, so I taught writing in college when I would uh, teach and uh, I would always have a, and I, I taught in like a pretty predominantly Mormon area. And so I'd inevitably have a a kid come up and be like, Hey, can I swear in my paper? <laughs> they were worried that I was going to give them an F if they said, damn it or something. And, uh, well, yeah, the, the answer always is that it depends on the context. It depends on your audience. If, uh, you are talking to your three-year-old who spilled some milk, the best response yeah. probably isn't, Hey, what the fuck you piece of shit, <laughs> clean up that fucking milk. Yeah. Simultaneously, if you're in World War II and you're pinned down in a foxhole and your best friend from Kansas that you've known since you were four gets his head blown off, Shucky Darn's probably not going to cover it. Yeah, it shows a little urgency if you want to throw a swear. Of course, what's not urgent is putting added words into a statement of like, I need bullets versus I need some goddamn bullets. Well, if you really need the bullets, let's not uh, fluff out the sentences. Maybe we don't need all these colorful adjectives if we just need to uh, ammo up and get out there. Yeah. Yeah. Bang, bang. That's all you need to say. Gun kill now. But that's it is like it's really the people that are like don't like the words are the ones that are giving them power. But then that goes into an interesting argument today. Like when people like, oh, I just want to say the N word. I don't mean it racist. I just say it like as a term of another person. It's like, well, you can't say that. And it's well, right. Who's to say what offensive is to another person when it comes to language? Yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing. It, it, it's very complicated. It's not. It's not a straight line. There, words words aren't meaningless. 
they are made up. They are, you know, sounds that humans attributed certain meanings to, and they have consequences as a result. If you elicit an emotion, uh, in, you know, to yourself, it's different than if you elicit an emotion from someone else. And again, context, you know, the reason why I'm not using the N word is because, um, there's a context, there is a, a, a consequence word and why they made up the word. Right. And I'm not willing to elicit that consequence for myself or especially for anyone else that, uh, you know, we've put upon, you know, that n horrible negative, yeah. you know, sort of terrible remembrance and reference. And so there's responsibility to it, but, um, yeah. As, as a, as a, a, a linguist, well, I have two questions. First, the, the prevalence of conversation filler words when people use like i'm guilty of it also but like or um but having also being someone I'm, i watch reality television and the amount of times people just throw like in to like fill out as i just put it in that sentence yes <laughs> what it what's the like what's the reasoning for that i i you know i am i am no linguist at all however okay. um i i do like where on the spot I mean, well, let's, let's, uh, let's lower <laughs> expectations here, <laughs> but, uh, cause I'm sure there's like, if, if a real linguist ever stumbled upon this podcast, they would be so upset. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, my guess is, uh, probably, I'll just trying to get your, uh, ideas or your mouth to catch up to your ideas, given your, your, cause I, I think everyone's mind works faster than their mouth does. Right. Sure. And, and maybe it's a matter of, I have this thought and now I've got to translate it. And, and my thought is way ahead of my words. And so I've got to get the two to come together. And, and in order to do that, I'm going to say, um, and like, and yeah. And not putting I don't know. silence in there. If, if, if I just always was curious, like psychologically, there's gotta be something there. like, is, is because the silence is perceived as somebody not knowing what's happening. So you never want to be silent. I, I, I was, curious about why that seems so like some people are just locked into it and I, I again i know i use it myself yeah i i do as well i wonder if some of it is um i don't i don't know i wonder if some of it is a lack of yeah you know, sometimes lack of confidence sometimes uh like some of my favorite orators or whatever um mm -hmm. have none of that right they don't say like they don't stumble and i'm transfixed on what they have to say um, I'm sure there's some sort of like grammatical nerd, something or other explanation, but I don't know. That's an interesting question. Having the thought that you want to put out kind of developing before you speak means you don't have to add the words in there much like right. the swear words. I mean, I swear all the time and throw in a fucking this just as an adjective, which is an unnecessary like look at this fucking tree I, right. I, no, there's no need to <laughs> say it that way right i just like doing it um and then sorry to commandeer this i have questions now for you no i'll give you bad um amateur answers that's great that's that, that, that that's a good jumping off point yeah the word conversate yeah that showed up i feel recently and we're Speaking of made up words, I'm like, no, I thought it's, you have a conversation or you converse with somebody. Then somebody's like, I was conversating with a person. Like, you mean conversing with them? Like, <laughs> wasn't that, like, and now is that, 
just how language is fluid and will uh, ebb and flow with the times. And so there's no need to get upset that a word, you know, you know what, like how slang becomes standard language and adapt, right. you know, words grow and adapt to the times. Yeah. You know, I, I go back and forth on that one. Cause it's, it's like, again, every word is made up. Everything just became common practice. And so that's now the standard word. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's a, there's also like, I don't know, there's a, a natural level of chaos in language as it is, hence slang and hence, you know, ever shifting, um, you know, ideas and technologies and, and things that, that come into play that change um, people's perceptions. And even just phrases, even words that have existed forever, but you have never really put together, like social distancing, uh, I think was the first time I really you know, grabbed onto the idea was when all this shit happened, but that phrase has been around for a long time. Um, but I never used it, but now suddenly it's obviously in everybody's vernacular on like a daily basis. Um, but I think it's just maybe the sense of like, uh, sort of baseline understanding, use the baseline and then you can fuck with it. If you show that you get it, it's like Picasso, like Picasso, didn't show up painting those weird paintings. He painted very, you know, realist paintings or very, you know, he mastered the other things and then he went and made the crazy stuff later. Rules to break them strategically. Yeah. Um, And also sometimes people just sound stupid. Well, it's a conversate seems like a stupid word to try and sound smart because you don't know the original word. (laughs) Right. Um. It is. It's, it's like a. Like, what's the act of? What's the verb of having a conversation? Well, naturally, it'd be conversating. Yeah. No. 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 Wrong. But we just are like that. Ah, okay. I, I guess. <laughs> is it worth fighting over? And it makes sense. Ah, go for it. Yeah. That's why recombobulate? It's coming into the lexicon. You recombobulate. Into a lexicon <laughs> near you soon. Anti-combobulate. Pro-combobulate. So Anti-discombobulate. Discombobulate. Um, so many ways to combobulate combobulation. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to, my wife and I are going to combobulate tonight. And however that, I mean, sounds delicious. See, it could be, <laughs> see, it could be whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you were here, cooking. I don't know. we would high five after I said that. Cause that's what cool guys do. And slow cooking is what I call sex. So <laughs> slow cooking is that square one slow cooking, like, you know, crock pot. Oh, do, do you, uh, do you know, that makes me think of it's horrifying. Have you ever heard the term? Uh, soaking. Soaking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a sexual manner? Yeah. No. No, it's horrifying. Like so there's... Beans or... Yeah, okay. Be... <laughs> there's this thing. I feel like there's got to be a version of this in like Catholicism and other religions, but like um, Mormons, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. And uh, the in... one of the insane workarounds is that you just, um, you know, put the penis in the vagina, but you don't move it. And that's called soaking or docking, <laughs> which is disgusting. I know docking, but I yeah, yeah. it's in a very un-Mormon sense. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, this, <laughs> these are the workarounds. Oh, and there's also gazing, which is um, I sit on this corner of the room, in this corner, you sit in that corner, and we just stare at each other naked. This is, these are the games that people come up with when they're so horny 
and have no way but, to do but, anything yeah, about look it. At, but just that just goes to the like how silly abstinence is as a oh, it's so silly. Like anytime, just I not to get even bigger with the whole anti-abortion. Like, well, you know what the results of your actions were like. Right. Sex. It's built into us to keep the population alive. It's not just a oh, you know what? All your blood's in your dick right now, but think, <laughs> think clear-headedly. No. Yeah, no, that's right. That's not how it works. No. No, there's no uh, logic. I mean, the the most intelligent, especially, I mean, I can only, I, I shouldn't say especially, I can only speak to it from, you know, the male perspective. Uh, as a male, you can be the most intelligent, logical thinking person in the universe. But if there's enough going on in the junk, uh, it doesn't matter. It goes out the window. You will do the stupidest ass thing you've ever imagined. To borrow a crass phrase from the internet, there's a such thing as a post-nut clarity. Just, <laughs> oh, okay, now that that's out of the way, let me approach this with a sane, rational mindset. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't justify uh, the horrible actions that men do. No. Uh, it might explain some of it. does not justify it by any means. But no. To, you, to the idea of like, all right, well, we can't have sex. We will find any technicality oh however ridiculous to try and get away the fact that sex and religion fight each other in a way that re results in teenagers being naked in two corners of a room <laughs> it's the silliest <laughs> just the idea of that is the funniest thing like because what happens then like what do you do you just look and you're like wow that was great see you later lisa you know like how does that end yeah, how, how do you <laughs> Go back to like, remember when we did the thing that wasn't sex, but way weirder? <laughs> it's so much Get weirder. Some ice cream and shovel the neighbor's driveway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, hey, I, I got to look at you in a completely odd, really kind of, very non-sexual sort of scenario. Uh, the bedroom lights were on. It's fluorescent lights. Oh, and we just okay. sort of looked so at each buzzing, other. Buzzing uh, long tube lights. <laughs> Is I that do remember. You guys are always shoveling other people's driveways. It's just oh, hundred percent. Like we need. Uh, we, I need to fill my day with good deeds because I am so horny. Oh my god, hundred percent. I think <laughs> that you have pinpointed uh, everything about Mormonism just with that. That's why uh, you're out there digging people's new swimming pools. Oh man, houses. You're just well, and not only that, but like you know, not that there's anything wrong with only having sex with one person your whole life, but like one you don't have sex before marriage and then two you only have sex with one person until you're dead so you're just out there like fucking i can't do it shoveling the sidewalk <laughs> you know trying to get so you go home and be too tired to either yeah. you realize how depressed you are that you're with the person that you don't actually love or <laughs> that you can't have sex i yeah. mean well I, that's how many religions is just fill yeah. your day with all this stuff so you don't think about what's actually happening in your life that's a hundred percent right. Well, and on top of that, like the number of, uh, of married to women, uh, gay men that I know in the church is oh. astronomical. And like, I can't even imagine like what horrors they have to like, you know, just the feelings they've got to tamp down with just like severe aggression in order to get through a day. Like I can't, I can't, I can't imagine. 
I'm no fan of religion. Yeah, I know. Me neither. Uh, much like much like school, I think there's aspects of it like, hey, this can teach somebody to look at things in a different right. way and go through life, uh, extending more of a kind hand to strangers and trying to be more compassionate, even when it's tough. But on the other hand, like, yeah, Catholic Church, like, well, being gay is a sin, but you could become a priest where you're not even supposed to have sex. So here you go, right. guys. <laughs> like, yeah, here's your out. That turned out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rough one. I, uh, yeah, I, I, find, I, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place when it comes to all that stuff. Like my, my upbringing was very hardcore and, um, a lot of family are still in it and I love them and there's, there's positive stuff for sure. And I will always be like, what I say is I'm Mormon, like Jerry Seinfeld's Jewish. Like I'm not going to, to church. Uh, I don't, uh, not, not to, you know, assume what, uh, Mr. Seinfeld believes, but, um, I, uh, the, but there's a huge cultural impact that will always be there. Hence the five children and, uh, uh, niceness or whatever is going on and oh, the desire for casserole. That, yeah. Oh, I, funeral potatoes. I learned. Oh yeah, those. baby. Oh, they're delicious. I, I saw those at a buffet in mm -hmm. Utah and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think appropriate enough time to use a swear word. Uh, absolutely. What the fuck are funeral potatoes? Mm -hmm. They're so good. You want to die. They, I, that's, I was like going as a comedian, you go through all the jokes and you're like, all right, I did, somebody's probably said this, somebody's probably said this one already. And these things have been around. Like, <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I, I do love the casseroles, the 3.2 alcohol beer, not a fan, but you know. Well, it's 5% now. They upped it to five. Hey, they upped it to five on the draft. So come back out. Uh, everybody's moving forward. Everyone's moving forward. The liquor store, you can get whatever you want, man. But yeah, the grocery store, it's up to five. So you can, you know, it's not water completely anymore, which is nice. We, we go Mrs. S family in Utah. And so we go, I, I, I enjoy the state run uh, religious liquor stores there. Yeah. I like, I like that. It's just organized. Yeah. It says vibe. There's no advertisements distracting me, bright colors. Actually, this organization is actually helping me be a more efficient booze bag. Yeah. What they don't realize. <laughs> Yeah, you don't get just you just go straight to whatever's got the percentage points that you need, and you go home. Yeah, I'm not wasting time in there. I'm like, oh, there's that just as a printed out sign that says whiskey. That's the aisle <laughs> I need. No riff raff, no snacks, no Doritos and Pringles. The guys that go to the bar, uh, and they're like, uh, "Give me a whiskey." Nobody asks what kind. They just yeah. give them a whiskey or a beer. I'd like a beer, please, and that's all they get. Like, no one's like, "Hey, which of the four thousand IPAs would you like to choose from?" I would like it to all be that everywhere. Goes back to Wild West style. Yeah. How many X's yeah. you want on that bottle? Yeah. Just a beer, whiskey, gin, maybe, and that's all. Let's go. Um, but uh, Kyle, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today. This was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Thanks for letting me nerd out on the language stuff with you. Yeah. I, I loved it. It was a delightful conversation. And uh, we'll have to uh, do it again sometime when things are less discombobulated. I don't well, know if I use that right. Clear up, and we can we'll we'll uh, recombobulate. <laughs> Perfect. We'll convene since we haven't previously convened. We can't reconvene. No. So we'll just we'll convene for the first time, but but we'll recombobulate this discussion. We'll recombobulate our conversation. I can't wait. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you betcha.